You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We all know that God has got a plan for your life. The truth is God has planned good things for you. When God looks at you, He only sees success. He sees the good future that He has planned for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 is probably one of the scriptures that people know and quote the most. I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. The message translation, I think, says the future that you hope for. So we read it and we see that God says He's got good thoughts towards you. He wants to give you a future. He wants to give you a hope. But you have your part to play. So although God has said, this is what I've planned for your life, this is what I've predestined for your life, you still have to make the decision to walk in what God has got for you. And God has planned this for you. John 10 10 says that God wants to give us life, super abundant in quantity and superior in quality. But the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy So in the same way God has got a plan for your life, the devil has got a plan for your life that involves killing, stealing, and destroying. And God wants to bring life and life in abundance into your life. And oftentimes the person that decides that is not God because God has already decided the good things that He's planned for you. It's the decisions that you make. This is the year of decisions. Turn to the person next to you and say, make good decisions. Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians 6. Young people, listen to me. You're at school right now or you're at university right now. It's a season in your life that you have to study. It's a season where you have to educate yourself. God has placed the gifts, the abilities on the inside of you already to be successful. Many of you that go to university, it's a time and a season in your life to study, to prepare yourself so that you can be the best you that you can be to accomplish what God has predestined for you. You're there to study. But most people that go to university, they go with the mindset, it's time to party. It's time to socialize. And that thing that's in your heart is the very thing that the devil will use to make you link up with the wrong people. Because everything God has made is linked to each other. Your finger is linked to your hand. Your hand is linked to your arm. Your arm is linked to your elbow. Your elbow is linked to your shoulder. In your life, you'll discover that there's key destiny relationships. And there's certain relationships that you have to get away from. I remember when I got born again and I got involved in a church... Two months after that, I met them. I saw them at church. They said, after the service, let's go to this person's flat and we'll just socialize and talk about God. And when I walked into the flat, they started handing cigarettes out to every person that was there. And I said, okay. And the Lord spoke to me and said, these friends, where they are going and where I'm taking you is two different places. You have to walk out here. And I walked out there. I thank God for that grace. I'm helping you young people. Then at a stage, I prayed. I said, God, just send somebody in Bloomfontein. Send me a friend. And there's one person that I met. We were so much alike. 
So much alike, I thought, yeah, God, thank you for this person. I mean, we're going to be friends forever. And God spoke to me and said, where he's going is not wrong, but I've got a path for his life, and I've got a path for your life. And where I'm taking you is not where this friend is going. You're going to have to leave this relationship. Then I can tell you about certain people that I've met. Met them once. The Lord said to me, you see this person? Protect this relationship. It's a key destiny relationship. And I've protected those relationships. And many of those people, I'm still, I'm still friends with them today. Because I've protected those relationships. Some of them, I've seen the fulfillment. Why God has said, keep that relationship. Others, I've not yet seen. But I protect certain relationships. So listen to me. If you are serious about your destiny and your future, don't hang out with people that's not serious about their future and their destiny. Did you hear what I said? If you're serious about your future and your destiny, don't hang out with people that's not serious about their future and their destiny. One of the easiest ways for you to get de derailed from what God has planned for you is just to hang out with wrong friends. All of us have had them. Parents, listen to me. If you want to do your children a favor, don't parent them with the law. Listen to me. Don't parent them with the law the whole time. Don't do this. 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 Don't. Later on, the child is just thinking, I'm, I'm the worst bad child ever because I do everything wrong. And children, don't go use this now against your parents. Otherwise, it's me and you. Amen. I'm getting to you now. Teach your children from a young age to listen to their conscience, to listen to what they are feeling and experiencing here on the inside, so that they can be led by the Holy Spirit. If you the whole time say, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, that's all that they hear. When the law came, sin revived and I died. From a young age, make them aware of the Holy Spirit. When they play with certain toys that you see is not the right kind of toy, ask them, now that you have this toy, how do you feel on the inside? The Spirit of God, it's wrong. Okay, remember that voice. When you met that person, how did you feel on the inside? I felt uncomfortable, mommy. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit telling you, stay away. Your children will sometimes come and tell you. When they meet a certain uncle and the uncle gives them a hug, say, mommy, I wasn't feeling good when the uncle gave me a hug. But the uncle didn't do anything. They don't feel comfortable. Okay. Listen to that voice. Don't tell them it's nothing. Don't tell them it's nothing. Because then when the Holy Spirit wants to warn them, their voice will come and, oh, it's nothing. It's okay. That feeling is normal. So when you get to university and they're not in your house and you cannot tell them, don't do that. Leave that one. Da, da, da. They can walk with the Holy Spirit because you've trained them to listen to their conscience. So now when they meet a certain friend, even if he's smiling... Oh, no. You'll meet the most charming person. Think, oh, this must be the right guy. Holy Spirit will tell you, be careful, it's a player. Young people, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have no excuse to pitch up with the wrong kind of guy at home. I know you don't want to say amen. Now I'm preaching to you. <laughs> so you can listen to the Holy Spirit. You know what's the thing today? In our days... There was only a small group of people being naughty, doing the stupid things. 
But now today, there's only a small group trying to do the right thing. Everybody's naughty. It's so easy to associate with the wrong people. And if you have that thing in your heart, young people, listen to me. If you have this thing in your heart, I just want to finish school and get out of home and then I'm going to do what I want to do. That little seed that you've planted there that you think I just want to do, by the time it's grown up and you start doing what you want to do, you don't know what trouble you'll get yourself into and you'll destroy your destiny. So choose friends that can help you. You know, nobody is perfect. Hello? Nobody is perfect. Don't hang out with people that's the same like you. Brother Mike, come here quickly. I know you're not a hothead. Ntatimov again, come here quickly. Say, say, this is, say he's like a kickboxer fighter. He's cupping everybody, hitting everybody, always fighting with everybody. Mike. And Ntatimov again also, he's like, he looks at you once and then he, he fights. So if these are my friends, and now somebody upsets me, and I get close to these guys, I say, what do you think I should do? What do you mean? That guy did this. You should have hit him already. What are you talking to? Hello? If you, if you hang out with people who are hotheads, always angry, you'll become like them. Especially if you're a hothead, your head is just going to get hotter and hotter if you hang out with guys who are hotheads. Come rub your shoulders against me here. Because their hotheadness will rub off on me even more. Hello? But if, say I get angry, but he's very calm and relaxed. And he's very calm and relaxed. When I get to them and I say, yeah, this guy, blah, blah, blah. hey, pastor, just relax. Just relax. It's not worth it to get angry now. What do you mean not, not angry? Relax, relax, pastor. All of us have weaknesses. Don't hang out with people with the same weaknesses. Get people around you who don't have those weaknesses so that they can help you. The Bible says we should carry each other's load. We should help each other with burdens. Amen? Amen. That's good friends. That's a true friend. Amen. Thank you very much. You can have your seat. I have a friend like that in the Cape. He is so calm. He is so relaxing. He drives 80 in a 120 zone. When I say I want to go from here to Bloberstrand, let's go there. He says, Oh, wonder, I've got the scenic route. I'm going to show you all the vineyards. I said, listen, can we not just get to the place? He says, no, 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 let's drive. I said, okay, drive. And I actually go and spend time with him because it, 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 it gets a bit of Gauteng out of me. Amen. <laughs> if you know what I mean. You know, if you drive on Gauteng, it's good to have somebody like that. Don't, don't, go, don't go sit with Michael Schumacher. And talk about traffic. Amen. It's going it's to make it worse. Amen? Amen? They were rubbing here against me. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Do you have friends that are sharpening you? Or have you friends that are making you, causing you to be blunt? You know, let me tell you something. I, I, I went to the army. In the army, they cut everybody's hair exactly the same. And they put all of you in the same uniform, whether it was that then or now. But within the first day, within the first day, the people that are stealing, they are together. The people that are smoking, they are together. The guys that are using drugs, they are together. 
The guys that were sleeping around with women, they were together. But they all looked the same. Why? Because there's familiar spirits. Hello? The devil is aware of your weakness. And he knows other people with the same thing. People with the same weaknesses are naturally drawn to each other. So always check what kind of people are hanging around you. Turn to the person next to you and say, be very careful. And look at who's hanging around you. Because you're probably like them. Now it's very quiet. Sometimes you have to go through your cell phone and say, good news, good news, good news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And you have to remove some bad news from your phone. Amen? Amen. Look here what the Bible says. Galatians 6 verse 2. Family, listen to me. Young people, listen to me. If you're on fire for God, you're a boiling kettle. You don't throw a boiling kettle into a cold swimming pool. If you throw a boiling kettle into a cold swimming pool, it's going to go cold. Sometimes you have to withdraw from those things that are not right. That's going to take your fire for the Lord Jesus away. Never underestimate the power of influence. Friends can influence you. That's why you want to make sure that you marry the right wife, the right husband. Because these are the people that will influence you the most. That's why you cannot be unequally yoked. Family, listen to me. Do you know why an unbeliever cannot be married to a believer? Or a believer married to an unbeliever? Because when you are born again... You have the ability to love the way that Jesus Christ loves. You have the ability to love the way that Jesus Christ loves. But if that person is not born again, they can only love the way that the world loves, which is, if you love me, I love you. If you are kind to me, I'll be kind to you. If you help me, I will help you. So it will be frustrating from day one. What has light got to do with darkness? But he's beautiful. He's beautiful on the outside. What matters is on the inside. Amen? Am I helping some of you here? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, make good decisions. Make good decisions. But pastor, I'm going to pray that the person gets saved. Nonsense. Once you are married, you'll become like that person. Listen what the Bible says. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. A true friend is prepared to bear your burdens. So if I have a, a tendency to be a hothead and he's a true friend, he will help me. Say, come I help you, my brother. Come I help you. If I have certain strengths, he will help me in those strengths so I can even become stronger. A true friend bears a burden. Amen? Verse 9, for each one shall bear his own load. What does that mean? There's certain burdens, certain things that are too heavy for you. You cannot carry it on your own. You need somebody to help you. And there's certain things that you can do yourself. Amen? Certain things. My tie, I can tie my tie myself. I don't have to ask Ntatimo for King when I come to church. Please, Ntatimo for King, can you tie my tie? I'm going to frustrate him. Amen? He say, Pastor, serious, can I not just teach you how to do that? Okay, please teach me. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, there's certain things you have to do for yourself. Tell them there's certain things 
that you need friends to help you. But most of the time when you have a weakness, you go to people with the same weakness. And instead of changing, you are strengthened in that weakness. Hello? Bear one another's burdens. Make good decisions when it comes to people. Because the people that you hang out with, they can influence you. If you're at university now, it's not time to party and to joel. It's your time to study. Amen? It's not your time to party. Young people at school, you are too young now to have a relationship. Hello? Focus on your studies. Focus on your studies. Emotionally, it's going to be too much for you. Now this person breaks up with you and you're supposed to study. Now you're thinking, oh, why? Why? Why did you break my heart? God, why? It's not God, it's you. It's the perfect one. I must marry this one. It's a keeper. You're too young. There's too many things that can happen still. Amen? A lot of counseling that I do with people in their 20s and their 30s is relationships when they were teenagers. That messed them up. Turn to the person next to you and say, iron sharpens iron. So find somebody. Come here again, you two gentlemen. So let it not be your weakness that's connecting you to this person with the same weakness. Because then you are strengthening your weakness. Ah, the three of us, let's go fight. Let's go look for somebody. Now you go out three. You've strengthened. You know, that's how gangs work. They are, they are packed. They work together. But find somebody that's different than you. His iron will sharpen you. Why are you always so calm, Brother Mike? Help me, Brother Mike. What do you do? Just stay calm, Pastor. Just don't talk so quickly. Just be calm. Amen? If he's always, this is one thing I can say about him. This guy doesn't talk about people. That I, can, I can honestly say that I've known him. He doesn't talk about people. But let's say he's a talker. And I'm a talker. And he's a talker. Now when you get, Tatim of a King, tell me everything that happened this week. I want to hear everything. Just talk. I'm listening this year. Talk, talk. Mike, tell me. You laugh now. Some of you grew up in families like that. If you don't call your father five o'clock, on a Friday and tell him everything that happened. He's angry with you. And the whole family must know everything about everybody. Hello? That's not healthy. I'm telling you it's not healthy. Because now you're training your children to gossip. And you've got a whole family of gossipers. And now God wants to call you to be a counselor, but you're a gossiper. How would you feel if you came for counseling with me and you know Friday I'm calling my dad? Ah, oh, you know I saw this week. Hmm. Tato, so BC. Ah, BC, this is da 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 da. Hello? Some of you are busybodies. You know what's a busybody? A busybody is somebody that puts his nose in another person's business. Hey, what's going on here? Why are you doing this? Huh? Is this not necessary to work like this and do this? And You're a busybody. Put your nose in your own business. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a busybody. 
People that have too much time, they become busybodies. People that are not doing what they are supposed to do, they become busybodies. I promise you, if you're busy with a God assignment, you won't have time to be a busybody. Because God will keep you busy with what you're supposed to be busy with. But when you're not busy, you're laying at home, watching TV, coming here, hey Mike, come tell me what's going on in your life, talk, what is this? That... Just put Proverbs 20 verse 19 up there quickly for me. A revealer of secret counsel is the busybody. That's a person that goes to everybody and gossips. Oh, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Have you heard this? There's nothing like that in the Bible, have you heard this? Focus on your own business. When Jesus' disciples came to him and says, Jesus, have you heard? These guys are casting out demons in your name. He said, I'm giving you my, don't be a busybody, man. If they're for us, they're not against us. Some of you are talking so much about other men of God that you forget that you have to focus, that you yourself have to be a man of God. You're on the internet reading about, oh, look at what this one, oh, can you believe it? This happened now. Before you say anything, let's publish a few things about your life. Because I know nobody's perfect. That's very quiet. That's what the Bible says. And even if you hear a story, don't take it to heart. You know what Ecclesiastes says? Don't take everything to heart people say about you. Because you yourself have also said things about people. That's the Word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? 1 Peter 4 verse 15. Passion Translation. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Keep your eyes on your God-given assignment. Amen? Amen. Proverbs says, don't hang out with hotheads lest you yourself become a hothead. Who of you are hotheads? Raise your hand. Confess your weakness. There's one teenager there at the back. Okay, one other person. When you know your weakness, the problem is 50% solved. Amen? In building this building project, we saw leaks. When we could discover where the water was coming from, the problem was 50% solved. Now we just have to go fix the leak because now we know where the water is coming through. Amen? Turn with me to Ruth chapter 2. When your focus is upon your future and where you know God is taking you, God will bring the right people into your life. But sometimes you're going to have to disconnect yourself from certain relationships. Some of you have been crying about relationships that are over. Are you there? Ruth chapter 2. You know the story about Naomi with her husband. They moved to a new country. Things were not going well. She took her two sons with her. Two sons married two Moabites. So while she's living there, her husband died. And 10 years later, two sons died, and she's sitting with her two daughter-in-laws, and she's saying, listen here, I'm going back to my country. You stay here, find yourself husbands, have children, and be happy. You'll now think, I've been with these women so long, I'm old, they should look after me, they should take care of me. That wasn't her attitude. She said, I'm going back to my country, and she kissed Orpah goodbye. She said, stay here, I'm going. Some of you have to kiss certain relationships goodbye. Hello? You are holding on to certain relationships, but it's not part of your destiny where God is taking you. 
If you look at Ruth, Ruth said to her, no, you're not going to kiss me goodbye. I'm coming with you. Your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. Now, I want you to take note of the following. Ruth was a Moabite. And the Bible teaches us in the book of Numbers that Moabites are not allowed in God's temple to come and worship. Listen to me. Not just her, not just Ruth, but ten generations are not allowed in God's house. And she said, your God will be my God. It was not a conviction that came from her mind. It's something that came from her heart. And she said, your God will be my God. And she first says, no, stay here. She says, this is my conviction. I'm coming with you. And you know the story of Ruth where she left. And Naomi came and she kissed Orpah goodbye. Some of you have to kiss certain relationships, certain friendships goodbye. What do I mean by that? Remember, love is the key. Not smack them goodbye. Not kick them goodbye. Not hit them goodbye. Punish them goodbye. Kiss them goodbye. What does that mean? Keep your peace and say, God, you're in control of my life. I'm saying goodbye in a nice way. Amen? Amen? Amen. South Africans, listen to me. Our attitude is, oh, you don't want to be with me? I'll cut you. <laughs> Hello? Whether you white, black, orange, purple, green, whatever color you are, South Africans have got that attitude. I'll cut you. You don't want to help me. You don't want to be my friend. I'll cut you. And not just me. I'll tell my whole family to cut you too. <laughs> Hello, let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people. Turn to the person next to you and say, kiss it goodbye. What does it mean? Don't leave offended. Don't leave with the expectation that this person is supposed to do something for me. Some of you have people that said they're going to help you. They're going to do things for you and they've not done any of those things. Kiss it goodbye. Because if you don't kiss it goodbye, you cannot enter into the good future that God has got for you. Let them experience your love and say, goodbye, Orpa. It's time for you to be happy here. I'm going where I'm supposed to go. What happened? She got there. You know the story about Ruth? When she got there, she started picking up seed. She's poor. She's suffering. It's difficult. She cannot go buy bread. She goes into the field after everybody is labored, and she starts picking up seed. Am I right? But what happens here? She gets there. Now remember, Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. Naomi is a type of the Holy Spirit, and Ruth is a type of the church, me and you. So she starts picking up seed, but an instruction was given by Boaz to drop extra hands full for her. She starts picking all of this up, and she comes to her mother-in-law and says, look what I got today. And her mother-in-law says, where were you today? She says, no, I was in Boaz's field. She says, this man has blessed you. You have found favor in his sight. My advice to you is don't be seen in another man's field. Family, listen to me. I want to give you some advice quickly concerning this. 
A church is a place where you pick up the Word of God, the seed, the Word of God. If you're at a place where you're picking up hands full, the devil will try and get you out of that. Listen to me. If you're at a place where you're picking up hands full and you know this is the field where you should be, and God has spoken to you and say, be here, the enemy will come and say, ah, you know what? They're baking different kinds of breads there. Come and taste this here. Go there. This is better. And he'll try and get you out of what God has got for you. Am I helping some of you? And she listens to her mother-in-law. And she stays there. And you know she marries Boaz. And they have a child called Obed. Your obedience will affect generations yet unborn. But your disobedience can also affect generations yet unborn. Now listen to this. You know what happens? Boaz, they had Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of King David. When you make a hard decision and align yourself with what God has got for you, your God will be my God. Remember, she was a Moabite up to the 10th generation. Her children were allowed in the temple of God. Who's the one that God said, it's the apple of my eye? Turn to the person next to you and say, there's hope for you. And there's hope for me. They were not supposed even to go into God's temple. But a hard decision links her with her future. And God changes everything. One of the greatest kings David became a giant slayer. Giant slayer. Anointed by God. The apple of God's eye. Listen to this. David, even anointed by God, called by God. When he became a busybody, he sinned. 2 Samuel 11 verse 1. The Bible says, At the appointed time when kings go out to war, David stayed at home. What was David supposed to do? He was supposed as a king to go out to war. What happened? He stayed at home. Stayed at home and said, oh no, I've arrived. So family, listen to me. At the end, when you've been successful, when you've killed the giant, the devil can still come and tempt you. You have to finish strong. And what happens? What happens? He goes out on the rooftop. When he's supposed to be on the battlefield, busy with his God, given assignment as a king, he's anointed as a king, but he's not busy being a king. When he's not busy being a king, what happens? Committed adultery. He even became a murderer. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a busybody. Be Be busy with what God has called you to do. Am I helping some of you here? In the same way, you can go read as Orpah was kissed goodbye by Naomi. David, in the same situation, when the prophet came to him and said, what you've done is wrong, it's evil. Remember the child that he then had became sick, and he was fasting and praying. Go there quickly. Two Samuel 13, you can go there. You can see David here. He was fasting and praying. And then he saw his servants 
talking and thinking, what should we? And he said, has the child died? And they said, yes. And he said, okay, thank you. And the Bible says he got up, he washed his face, he anointed himself, and he put new clothes on, and he went and he worshipped God in the temple. And they said to him, what are you doing? What's wrong? Are you not supposed to be mourning now that the child? He says, no, the child is dead. It's over. He says, while the child was alive, I could still do something. He says, but now the child is dead. What does it mean? It teaches us. He put that thing behind him. He got up, washed his face, allowed the Word of God to wash you once again so that you can see what does the Word of God say, who you are. He clothed himself, he went into the temple, and he worshipped God. He aligned himself again with what God had planned for him. Turn to the person next to you and say, everybody makes mistakes. And he aligned himself again with God. Amen? Everybody makes mistakes. Family, listen to me. Don't go and discuss your future with people that are not serious about their future. Hmm? Hang out with the right kind of people. If love is the key to your future, why are you hanging out with people that are full of hatred and bitterness, defiling people the whole time? If you say, I believe love, now you have to take action. If you know you have a problem with lust, why are you still on that WhatsApp group with all the pornography coming through? It's time to break with that now. Hello? If you know you talk too much, why are you on that group while they're gossiping the whole time? Some of your prayer meetings that you attend, they're not prayer meetings, they're gossip meetings. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Lord, we just want to pray for Johnny. What a terrible alcoholic he is, Lord. This week again, not once to the bottle, three times, Lord. Oh, Lord, help, oh, Johnny, with his drinking problem, oh, Lord. Oh, and Susie, oh, Lord. Hmm. If it was only one man, but it's three again this week, oh, Lord. I have mercy on her soul, oh, Lord. This. And you think it's a prayer meeting. It's a gossip meeting. Break with that prayer meeting, amen? And go where there's people that pray in faith that get God's opinion about people. Amen? Because if you pray like that, what are you going to do when a prostitute walks in here? You're going to say, oh, look at the prostitutes are in church today. No, no, no. Get God's opinion about them. The good news that God has got a career for them, a future for them that does not involve that. You don't know what they are going through. Start declaring what heaven says about them. Hello? What if every time you walked in, people confessed you by your sin? Hello, how would you feel then? Hmm? Oh, here's a stubborn one again, walking to the front, huh, sitting here. Oh, there's our loose lips again. Yeah, she's always got... No, but we come in here, hallelujah, Jesus, we love you. So don't call people by their sins if you're not prepared to be called by your own sin. You want Jesus to call you by what He's planned for you, the good things. So if I want to pray for Susie, let me go get heaven's opinion. Lord, you've called her to be a good mother. You've called her to worship you. You've called her to be an intercessor. Lord, cause the light of your favor to shine upon her ways. Pray for Johnny. Johnny, Lord, you've called Johnny to be a husband, to be a king, to be a priest, Lord. One with a difference. 
Lord, stretch forth your mighty right hand and touch his heart, turn his heart back to you that he can serve you and touch and change people's lives. You say David is this great king. The Bible says after he had served his generation, after he had served his generation, he put his head down. All of you read Psalms. Am I right? Do you love the Psalms? But David was an adulterer and a murderer. But yet you read the Psalms. Why am I saying this? Be very careful what you say about other men of God. Because you never know a person's position before God. Before you can bring an accusation, that person might have dropped his king's cloak, bowed the knee and said, Jesus, forgive me. I've sinned against you and you alone. Wash me. Cleanse me. I want to say this. We're moving into a new building now where two-thirds of people will come. Most people gossip about men of God. We don't gossip about men of God. We don't talk about men of God. If you called the man, you can talk about him, but you didn't call him. God called him. Amen? Amen. Hello? If you called the man, then you can talk about him, but you didn't call him. The Bible says, do not touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Listen to me very carefully. You can say it's Old Testament. New Testament, when Saul was busy killing Christians... Jesus' response to him was, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Be careful that you're not persecuting Jesus and talking about Jesus. Hmm? Because if you start judging Jesus and you make yourself a judge, you bring judgment upon yourself, then I'm just going to stand back and say, "Uh -uh. you've got three days to repent, otherwise please leave the church. We don't want that kind of thing in our midst. I hope you hear my heart when it comes to that. Michael the archangel who saw Lucifer rebel, who saw him kicked out of heaven, over, contending over the body of Moses, he did not say anything. He said, the Lord will judge you. I'm not saying anything. It's not my business. Because some of you have brought judgment upon yourself and you don't know why. It's because you are talking about men of God. The Bible says, what you don't understand, you criticize. And what you understand, you destroy. When you start doing that, you don't understand what spirit you are walking in. You want to say a man of God is arrogant or a man of God is this or that. Just coming and talking to somebody and causing that kind of strife. The Bible says strife is rooted in pride. Romans 2 verse 1 says you're inexcusable for whosoever, whatsoever you judge, you condemn yourself because you practice the same thing. When you start judging other men of God, you are practicing the same thing. Am I helping some of you? This word of God is so sharp. Pray for them. Pray for me. You cannot be selective what you say about men of God. It's the principle. You're gossiping and you're slandering men of God. Amen? Amen. So don't talk about men of God. It doesn't matter what or where they are. Amen. Amen. That's just the principle. Say, it, I'm making a decision. Not to say things about men of God. Amen. So your obedience to your destiny will affect and have an impact on generations yet unborn. Can you see why you have to be focused when it comes to your destiny? Good people, don't just, it doesn't just happen. To be successful, you have to be focused. You have to align yourself with the right people and keep the wrong out. Everything that's not of God, work it out of your life. Amen? Amen? Everything that God has made is linked to each other. I need you like you need me. Allow me to use my strengths to strengthen you, but use your strengths 
to strengthen me. Don't just hang out with people that's like you. That's why the Bible says in the counseling of many, there's wisdom. Not people that's exactly the same like you, that think like you. Then it's not the counseling of many. Surround yourself with people that are different than what you are. That is the secret or one of the secrets to the success in my life. I've surrounded myself with people that are stronger than me. Listen to me. I surround myself with people that are stronger than me, better than me. That's David. David. The people that came to David, the warriors, they killed giants. From Zebulun, there were 50,000 men that could keep ranks, trained in all weaponry. They came to David, not because he was the greatest warrior. They came to David because they saw the grace of God upon his life. That's it. What God is doing here in the household of Christ is the grace of God. And many men of God, great men of God, are coming now. Listen to me. They are coming from the north, the east, the south, and the west. And those that have been here, remember the word that I said, we have to run. Because God are bringing those relationships in here to help us, to strengthen us. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, the best is yet to come. Kiss some of those relationships goodbye. Things that didn't work out, kiss it goodbye. Amen. The relationships that should be here, that you know is part of your destiny, Naomi and Ruth, move along with those and you'll see what God will do. But the Orpas, they're not bad. Kiss them goodbye. Don't hit them goodbye. Don't smack them goodbye. Don't shoot them goodbye. Don't kill them goodbye. Kiss them goodbye. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I have to kiss some things goodbye. Amen? Amen. That means go prepare your heart so that you can have peace in your heart. Make a decision to be linked and to step into your good future. God has planned those things for you, but you have your part to play. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.